Well, I am excited to be here with you this morning. In case you were wondering, yes, I actually do exist. Brett does have a wife. Um, you probably haven't seen me around here for a little bit. I have been over in Stony Plain for quite a number of weeks now. Um, I run our Engage Kids program here and in Stony Plain, and so we've been working to get that set up and running, and uh, it's amazing. And what I was going to say uh, to start things off is when you're, when you're back there with, your ki- with the kids uh, in the Engage Kids program, when those kids come in, I wish that you could see their faces because when they come to church, they are excited, they are pumped, the smiles on their faces are like 30 watt, like they are whatever, they are bright, they are excited, and this morning I need your help because this is like not my usual crowd, they're my usual crowd, and so it would be really helpful to see like some smiles, like show me that you're actually happy to be here, that'd be great, thanks. Um, so as Brett was saying, we as a church have been going the last number of weeks through um, an amazing series of talks called Open. Um, and I'm really loving this because I feel like in this teaching about living open, open-hearted, open-handed, open, open mind, open ears, open eyes to what God has for us, it's actually really opening and unlocking things for us as a church. The last number of weeks have been amazing and it's exciting. So see where we go today. Um, let's pray and then we'll... We'll dig in. God, I thank you that you are God. I thank you that you are God and I am not, and that we can come here and we can worship you, and we can love you, and we can honor you, and we're just waiting and we're expectant to hear what you have for us. I thank you for this church family. I thank you for the 10 a.m. and the 11 and the 12. I thank you for every service and every speaker this morning. And I thank you for every church in the region who's doing the same thing. God, our purpose is to love you and to know you better. And so this morning, we just want to hear from you what you would say to, to us, to our hearts. Speak to us clearly. God, help me to convey what you have for us this morning. In your name, amen. So this series, Open, has kind of been based out of Acts chapter 2. So if you've got your Bibles this morning or your app, we're going to read from Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day 
the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Wow. So Brett and I have two boys, Everett and Kingston, who are both in the service here today. <laughs> Everett, I'm not embarrassing you, buddy. It's okay. <laughs> Kingston is four and Everett is six, and he is in grade one. And so in grade one, he is learning how to read, and he's doing an amazing job. I'm so proud. Proud mom right here. Um, he's doing an amazing job. And now that he's getting the words down, he's recognizing words, he's learning how to read the words, his teacher then asks us at home, as he's reading, to start helping him see if he understands what he's actually reading. Because it's not just words. You have to understand what you're saying to understand the story. Not only that, understand the words, but also tone, exclamation, emphasis, are you understanding where the high points, where are the low points? Is he understanding what he's reading and what's important? And when I read through in Acts 2, oh, that rhymes, didn't mean that. Um, when I read it through in verse 42, the list that's there, what, what the early church, what those believers devoted themselves to, the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread together, and to prayer. I think in our voice and also in our hearts, it can be easy to read through a list like that or other lists in the Bible. You've all probably noticed Leviticus, all those where it's like, he begot, he begot, he begot, he begot. And it's all these lists, and it's kind of monotonous. When you go through these lists, sometimes... We miss, number one, the importance of what we're reading and the value of the words. And two, sometimes our tone when we're reading or saying these things doesn't actually reflect, again, the value of what we're reading. It can be monotonous, monotone list. And when I read through that list... The Apostles' Teaching, Fellowship, Breaking of Bread into Prayer. It's easy to kind of go through that list and get to the bottom and kind of drop off. And I think sometimes when you get to the bottom and you read prayer, it's kind of just passed over. and We kind of just keep rolling because it's a list. And I think sometimes we treat prayer just like that. We treat prayer like the afterthought the end of the list. I wrote this down this morning. Sometimes we treat prayer as the last act of desperation rather than the first act of faith. Not the first response, but the last. Not the optimistic one, but kind of the begrudging one like the Eeyore. Well, I guess I've done everything now. I have to pray. Like it's the last thing. But really, when we're reading that, prayer should be the punctuation and the power of that list. It's the power behind everything that we do, everything that we're after. 
everything that those early believers did, prayer was the punctuation and the power that pushed to where they got. And they saw people added to their numbers daily. So the question is, do I really get it? Do I really get it? Do I really understand what prayer is? Do I really understand its value? Do I really understand its importance? The necessity of prayer. I have another list. Tell me if any of these statements about prayer ring true for you. And there's no judgment here because I have said some of these things as well. So, with regards to prayer, I just don't know what to say. It feels so awkward. It seems like God is silent. It's so boring. I am too scared to pray with or in front of anyone. So I'm just not going to do it, which I've been a Christian now for almost 30 years, and it took the majority of those 30 years to get to a point where I was comfortable and confident enough to pray with someone or in front of anyone. Um, Why was I scared? Because I cared too much about what other people thought of me and what I said than about who God asked me to be and what he asked me to do. So that's just an aside. If, if you struggle <laughs> with praying with others, with praying in front of others, don't let that fear stop you from what God's calling you to do. Moving on. I'm too busy to pray. All the moms in the room said, hey. <laughs> or maybe you've said to someone, I'll be praying for you after they shared something, but then you didn't. You either forgot, or it was just maybe a platitude to make them feel better. (laughs) I've been guilty as charge of that one. I'm incredibly forgetful, so I'm known to forget to even pray about things, which is why I started writing everything down. But I think if we truly understood the gift and the purpose and the power of prayer, open communication with God, everything in the list that I just gave and and many more, all of our misgivings, our fears, our concerns, our disappointments, all of those things, would actually be inconsequential. They wouldn't matter. They wouldn't matter if we really understood what prayer is. Somehow, we managed to truly complicate something that was meant to be so simple. If you go back to the beginning of Scripture... In Genesis, right in the beginning of the book, so there's no question here, when God created man and woman and he put them in the garden, do you know that he walked and he talked with them daily and they knew his voice 
and they knew what he sounded like. They knew the sound of his steps. It was a daily, easy, comfortable, safe, open conversation with God. Easy, simple. This is what prayer is meant to be, not complicated. As a church, we have this, um, this statement. You've probably heard it said a whole bunch of times. I hope you have. Um, where we like to say, we follow Jesus one step at a time. Because if we go too far, too fast, we're just going to lose our minds. We follow Jesus one step at a time. I think today I would like to add a tagline to that statement, at least just for today. We follow Jesus one step at a time as we talk with Jesus one breath at a time. Because when you take a step, you're still breathing. You're still breathing. Meaning, I'm talking and I'm walking at the same time. So as I breathe and as I talk, he's giving me that direction one step at a time. But I don't have to be afraid of even that one step because I'm talking to him one step at a time. One breath at a time. Does anyone else here use Google Maps? Anyone? <laughs> I would not survive without Google Maps. I am directionally challenged. My husband can attest. He's nodding emphatically in the front row. I can't get her. I've lived in Edmonton my entire, well, now Spruce Grove, but Edmonton area my entire life, and I still can't get around Edmonton without Google Maps. It's sad. Don't judge. It's sad. But I love Google Maps because Google talks to me. Google talks to me, and she gives me one directive at a time, and it's simple. It's not overwhelming. It's informative. It gets me to my destination. It helps me avoid traffic. And, new perk, it even tells you where the photo radar is. It's beautiful. Well, sometimes it does, and for me it does. I don't know if that's just the Lord, but trust me, I've heard it. <laughs> And just like Google, the beauty of Google, God wants to get you to your destination one directive at a time, one step at a time. All it means is living in constant, open conversation with him. One step at a time, one breath at a time conversation that doesn't stop. Open communication with God is essential for each step we take in following him. I want to read, uh, again, if you have your Bibles, you can join me. Second Chronicles 7, 14 to 16, and it may magically appear behind me, but I encourage you to read on your you know, your phone or your actual Bible, if you have it. Kudos to you. That's amazing. We need to know the word. Second Chronicles seven fourteen to 16 says this. Then, if my people, 
who are called by my name, a.k.a. Christians, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and restore their land. My eyes will be open and my ears attentive to every prayer made in this place. For I have chosen this temple and set it apart to be holy, a place where my name will be honored forever. I will always watch over it, for it is dear to my heart. I love that verse. If we want to see God do great things in our lives, individually, in our families, in our church, in our community... If we want to follow Jesus one step at a time and see miraculous things happen the way they did in the early church, it's a daily occurrence, nothing out of the ordinary, people being added to God's family every day, here's the answer. (laughs) We need to humble ourselves and pray. Humble ourselves and pray. Sometimes when I read that and I think humble, I think it's just an attitude, just an attitude. So I'm putting someone's preferences ahead of mine. And it is that. But when we're talking about humility with God, we're talking about showing preference and deference to God and not just with our attitude, but with our time. Deference to him in our time in our feelings, in our thoughts, in our priorities. Humility is putting him ahead of ourselves, ahead of all the other things, the noise of life, the chaos, the problems, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. It's putting him ahead. That's humility. So that list that I read before all of our misgivings, maybe, about prayer. This is humility's response. I'm too busy to pray. You are too busy not to pray. I just don't know what to say. Just start talking. Just open your mouth. Doesn't have to be an excuse. Don't don't let that stop you. Just open your mouth. It's okay. It seems so awkward. Well, it's like a first date. Remember your first date with your spouse? Awkward. Trust me, it gets better. (laughs) First date, just an aside. First sort of date. Amazing man, took me to an Oilers game. They were still doing good at that point. I'm getting there. (laughs) took me to an Oilers game they were doing amazing Pronger was still around he got tickets front row my friends front row right behind the net amazing (laughs) we hadn't officially called it a date yet so again kind of awkward so I didn't let him pay for anything other than the tickets I bought my food I did everything and he was not impressed with me But we weren't dating yet. Nothing was defined, so there you go. Awkward. Awkward. (laughs) 
But my point is, the more you spend time with someone, the more you get to know someone, the easier it is and the less awkward it is. So it's okay. It seems like God is silent. That's a hard one. To that, I would say, one, it's our responsibility to make sure that the noise around us, both external and internal, what's inside our head and our heart, isn't actually preventing us from hearing that still, small voice that's actually talking. He's not actually silent. We just can't hear him. And sometimes... Sometimes it just means embracing the silence. Second quick story. <laughs> Again, when Brett and I first started talking and dating, and uh, this was, I think, still back with the flip phones, too. I think I had a flip phone. And I, prior to knowing him, had never texted in my life. <laughs> Suddenly racked up a serious texting bill because of him. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mom. Um, but <laughs> but the few times that we, well, not the few, but we also took time to talk on the phone. I know, amazing. doesn't happen very often these days. We actually took time to talk on the phone, and there were awkward moments where it was just silent. And can I tell you that a certain someone on the front row hates silence? He does not do well with silence. And after a few conversations that involved large spans of silence, I had to get to a point where I said, Brett, it's okay to embrace the silence. It's okay to embrace the silence. Silence is not necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes it means we need to push a little harder spend a little more time, dig a little deeper, seek him a little bit more. Sometimes it's not bad. Huh. Prayer is so boring. So boring. I can't handle sitting for five minutes Praying, who knows what, I just want to get on with things. Can I tell you it's not actually about you? Ouch. It's not actually about you. I'm too scared to pray in front of anyone or with anyone. Can I tell you from personal experience that God is greater than your fear? And you never know what miracle he's just waiting and ready to do if you would just open your mouth and talk to him, regardless of who is in the room. As I was preparing for this message this week, I happened to listen to another message by a pastor that I greatly admire, Pastor Alex Seeley. And she said something that was pretty much like a punch in the gut, but it felt good. I don't know, it's weird. Um, I ne <laughs> Basically, I needed to hear this. Um, 
She said something akin to, if Jesus never answered another prayer beyond you inviting him into your life, beyond you praying for salvation, beyond the work of his dying on the cross for you, if he never answered another prayer, he's done enough. He's done enough. He's never let you down. He doesn't owe you anything. See, we have a bit of an entitled attitude and behavior about prayer. Where it's about me. It's about me. What I want. What I need. Actually, he's given you all that you need. He's given you all that you need when he died on the cross. But we need to recognize that while he doesn't need to talk to to us, he doesn't need to talk to you, can I tell you today, he wants to talk to you. He wants so desperately to talk to you. He loves you. He wants relationship with you. He wants to meet you. He wants open communication with you, just like he had in the garden, walking and talking with his people, one step at a time, one breath at a time. He just wants you. He just wants you. I'm going to try and tell this last story really, really fast. Um, When I was a teen, I went to a youth conference. Always exciting, always lots of fun. And one of the evenings at this youth conference, they invited all the teens to to get up and to do to form an entire, like a circle around the entire inside of the building. So across the sanctuary, up the aisles, out in the lobby, all the way around. And the pastors and leaders went around and prayed over every team in the building. And as I watched them do this, as I watched them pray and speak over these kids, I watched amazing things happen. I watched, I watched kids falling over, just unable to stand because God was, His presence was there. And God was speaking to them and and they were weeping and they were full of joy and God was just speaking in those moments. And I so wanted that. I wanted that. I wanted him to speak to me. I wanted to hear him. I wanted that open communication and open dialogue with him. And I wanted it just the way that they had it because that's what I knew and that's what I saw and that's what I wanted. And can I tell you, when the leaders came and prayed for me, stood there and they finished and nothing happened I was devastated I was so disappointed God I wanted to hear you I wanted to know you I wanted you to talk to me I wanted to feel you I wanted to know that you were there just like you were there for them I wanted to hear you this next part without crying because God is so good. Can I 
I tell you that in my disappointment, I left that circle and I walked back into the sanctuary and I walked down the aisle back towards where our group was meeting. And as I was walking, God met me and he took the legs right out from under me and I dropped to the ground. And I know that that sounds kind of weird and strange and I tell you it was there was no pain there was no nothing wrong with me but the God who created the universe and the God who made our bodies and the God who knows my body inside and out and knows how many hairs are on my head and knows how many muscles are in my body took one moment took control of the muscles in my body it took my legs out from under me and for the rest of the evening I couldn't walk but I was so full of joy and I was so excited because you know what God spoke to me in that moment he spoke to me and he said I love you and I want to speak to you not in the same way that I spoke to them I want to speak to you in a way that you will hear and you will know that it is me. There's no, there's, I will never forget that moment because I know that God spoke to me. Because he just wanted me to know he was bigger and greater than anything that I thought or imagined and he wanted to meet me where I was at can I tell you today church he just wants to meet with you and it doesn't have to be a huge encounter like like that but he wants to encounter you every day every moment every hour every minute he wants to encounter you he wants to meet you one step at a time one breath at a time just wants to meet with you.